0: Create Untamed Intimacy Imagine if that head trash was not there, who would you be? What if I told you those fears were no longer a problem? What would you do? I'm Stephanie Costello, a mom of three, wife, and avid mountaineer. Beyond all of these, I am very much like you, an average person trying to navigate this thing we call life. My goal with this podcast is to bring to light the truth about what intimacy really is. You may smile, feel called out, or learn something new. Either way, you will learn you are in control. This episode is brought to you by Safety in Freedom. Are you struggling to find safety in the freedom you create? Or maybe you're struggling to own your power, embrace who you are, and break free from those toxic patterns? Well, let's help you solve this problem today. Let's figure out what is really happening in your relationships with yourself and others. You can do that for free today at safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. That is safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. In addition, if you are looking for support with what we've been talking about in today's episode... I want to encourage you to get our free tools to help you navigate your freedom. You can go now to safetyinfreedom.com to get those resources. If you'd like access to the special resources and all the show notes for this special episode, make sure to visit theintimacytruths.com. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you Lee Noto, who is an intimacy coach and psychedelic therapist. She is the co-founder of Untamed Intimacy along with her partner, Annie. Their mission in the world is to awaken humanity into a new paradigm for conscious relationships that combine deep safety, commitment, presence, expression with untamed passion, desire, and intimacy. A true power couple partnership. They currently run a two-day virtual intimacy intensive for couples around the world. To learn more about Lee and her work, connect with her on Instagram at Lee N-O-T-O underscore. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Intimacy Truths Podcast, where we have Lee Nodo here to talk to us about how to create untamed intimacy. Thank you for being here.
1: I am so excited to be here, Stephanie. Thank you for having me on.
0: You are very welcome and the conversation we're having before this, we might as well just have recorded it, but I'm super excited to really hear more about how you created Untamed Intimacy for yourself and in your relationship.
1: Yes. So I think it's first important to understand what Untamed Intimacy is. Mm. And this is something that I discovered along the way through my current relationship. What I had recognized upon getting into this relationship through a lot of trial and tribulation through what felt like multiple hell portals, Mm -hmm. death and rebirth over and over again, I'm sure those who are in relationships or who have ever been in them can relate, uh, was that I had a very conventional idea and understanding of what relationship and intimacy was previously. Mm -hmm. And that was that, you know, these ideas of this is how it's going to be. This is how he is, this is how I am. He should just get over it. I carried so many pervasive narratives with me from my parents, from childhood, mm. from early childhood trauma, and I did not see a way beyond those limitations. And at the time, when I was living, you know what I would have considered at the time to be a, you know a pretty normal life, I didn't realize there were limitations on how I was relating to people.. Mm. Now, Untamed Intimacy completely breaks the paradigm of relating to people through a lens of conflict, separation, otherness. And it really is the glue that brings everything together that as we create Untamed Intimacy, in our bodies, we open a space for deep safety through connection, even when things feel challenging.
2: Mm.
1: We go beyond this idea of You versus me. We go beyond these limited narratives of you're right, I'm wrong, or vice versa. Mm. And we're going into a true partnership. And what does it look like to open the doors to, hey, I'm feeling really triggered right now. I'd love for you to help me come check this out because I'm perceiving that you did this and I'm feeling angry about it, but I'd really love to not take this out on you. I'd love to partner. So and that's just, just an example, but, you know, and that's that's one way to look at this intimacy that's based on a deep awareness of where our triggers and trauma lie and how to nurture ourselves through that, how to create a deep embodied sense of safety within ourselves and in our relationship and how to really work with energetics and polarity to create sustained long-term attraction between us and our partner.
0: Mm, I love how you really, I feel like everything you just said really hit on the untamed piece. And I would like to add the, which we talked about prior to recording is the, um, the intimacy piece. Intimacy is not just what happens behind closed doors. So all of you who are just listening, it was like, "Ooh, all the things in the clothes off and right. And what that might all of what you were saying so calmly and collectively might look like behind closed doors. This is intimacy is how we bond as humans. We're not just sexual intimacy where we bond emotional intimacy, intellectual intimacy, um, educate uh, intellectual, educational, experiential intimacy, spiritual intimacy right? There's so many different ways to experience an intimacy that does not necessarily require penetration, close off, right? Physical stimulation of erogenous zones in the works. So I love how you really brought those two pieces together, like allowing it to be untamed and allowing it to be something so much bigger than what we're initially led to believe in. Mm. Um, And then the other piece of the inclusivity and the workable compromise, I was actually just working out this, trying to really break it down for a client so well. The client was like, what am I doing here? And, and we were able to break it down to six categories, but six categories on each person's part. Um, so that means 12 categories in the entire situation. And it's, um, my brain's obviously not working for me right now, as I'm going to say it. I want for me, I want for you, I want for us, you want for me you want for you you want for us and being able to see okay what do i want what is it that i'm hearing you say and then what do you actually want versus what i'm hearing you and then what is it that you're hearing me say and trying to figure out how to bring those two different filters of of life and experience life experiences right even though we both use the word intimacy okay, well, intimacy means something completely different to anyone you talk to. Love, let's break it down to a simpler term. Love means something completely different than anyone you talk to. Um, So it's really, these, these are like such juicy points that are take years of really trying to unravel. So I'd like to go back um, to that piece. When you, when you started to figure out, like, I am just living these limitations that were given to me as a kid, what was the beginning part for you to, to unravel those limitations?
1: So the beginning part, even unbeknownst to me was when I was in my mid twenties and I was head over heels for this guy who for the first time I had, created a partnership that felt aligned intellectually, spiritually, Mm. uh, physically, mentally. And this was the first time I had found myself in a partnership like this. And I was smitten. And what I found was a lot of fawn response. So if, if people are familiar with the trauma response stages, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, fawn is often not talked about. And fawn is when we will... Uh, bypass our own needs, to try and meet the needs of someone else or mm-hmm. to fawn at them so that we can avoid a larger punishment, you know, after the fact, or so that we can avoid loss of love or loss of connection. So we do anything we can to be in this person's good graces. And so a lot of fawn was coming out in my system and I had all but changed myself for this person and You know, what that looked like in in practice was um, I would often go to bed with makeup on. I would wake up before him and I would make sure I was showered fresh, teeth brushed, a little more makeup so that I could wake up looking beautiful next to him. I would cook meals for him. I would would rearrange my schedule for him. And all the while, I don't think he knew that I was really breaking my back for this relationship. And I had a lot of covert contracts. There were things I expected of him Mm -hmm. that I had you know, in my mind put into place that he was not aware of. And, you know, all of the perfecting myself in the world didn't keep him around. He ended up leaving the relationship, moving to California. And for a long time, I didn't know how to express my anger or my sadness or my confusion. Even after he left, we were still calling each other, babe, saying, I love you. Mm. And one day I woke up and I was like, this doesn't feel good. I'm I'm not your babe. You're there. I'm I'm here in New York and I've got to do something about this because mm-hmm. I'm torturing myself. For months of not expressing my emotions, throwing myself into my work as an avoidance mechanism, working out, trying to perfect myself again. Um I woke up one day and the left side of my face was paralyzed. I had created Bell's palsy in my body. And mm-hmm. I, my intuition tells me that that came from a lot of stress and repressed emotion. Yeah. And that was what really was a huge wake up call for me. I spent about three months with a paralyzed face, um, decided to not opt for pharmaceuticals. I worked with two Chinese medicine doctors and went on a deep journey of introspecting. What the heck created this? Mm. What was it about how I believed or didn't believe in myself? How did I view myself that created the entire situation? And what did I want to do about this? How did I want to process my emotions? And so that was the first glimpse of the fact that I had completely contorted myself because I didn't think or believe that I was lovable as I was. And that sent me on a multi-year journey through many ups and downs. of exploring myself, exploring my sexuality, exploring my emotions. And I'll say that really another deep layer came with my current relationship. And that has been a huge journey of uh, a heroine's journey, I'll say, of going down deep into my depths mm. and really getting into the cavernous, doing a lot of shadow work, a lot of seeing you know, what's there and being with those things and holding space for them as well as for all my light parts.
2: Mm. And
1: so this idea of cultivating untamed intimacy within myself is an ever-morphing journey. I am nowhere close to being done and I'm glad for that. And given where I was, I've come a very long way.
0: Right. I love... First off, thank you very much for sharing that very intimate journey. I know many people who are listening or going to be listening uh, are going to definitely be able to identify with that. Um I know most certainly for myself I've recently uh gained a, a chronic condition that is uh, cor- according to my genet- uh, my neurologist a genetic condition. But I have a much more uh, intuitive inclination that I've actually never said this to anyone <laughs> is um, that it has something to do with the amount of stress that I put myself under uh, for fawning. Um, so uh, the when it came to your experiences with creating the ball, bells palsy, is that what it was? Yeah, in your in your body, was that like your big aha moment when you, your your face? when you realized your face was paralyzed? Yeah. Well,
1: first of all, thank you for sharing what you just shared. I I really honor that, that it's something that you've never shared before. Um, And yes, my, the intuition I had was that that was, you know, Western medicine says it's caused by a virus and Mm -hmm. that could have been what tipped it off, but the conditions were right in my body. They were Mm -hmm. ripe. There was a lot of stress, a lot of unrest, a lot of um, a lot of heartache and mm-hmm. unexpressed and unprocessed emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's no secret now that so much comes from the emotion that we repress and that we push down. A lot of disease comes from these places. Even when we're looking at something, you know, three steps down the line, disease is. a a literal unease in the body. And that Mm -hmm. was perpetually how I was living for my entire life. And having this condition arise really let me know, okay, this isn't something you can ignore anymore. Could you ignore sleeplessness? Could you ignore cystic breakouts? Could you ignore digestive upset? Okay. Maybe it seems, you know, permissible enough that we can just push it under the carpet, which was Mm -hmm. my tendency. There was a lot of avoidance in my system Mm -hmm. because what was underneath all of that avoidance was a lot of pain, a lot of pain and heartache from an entire childhood of unprocessed emotion and entire adulthood of the same thing. And I had no idea that I was in so much pain until my body expressed itself in this Mm -hmm. way.
0: Your check engine light was like, I need some help. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I
1: my car like stalled and like yeah, went off like a cliff. Pull
0: over now, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and then to bring that back to something you were referring to earlier, um, oh, what was it? Your, the, I think it was the death and the rebirth over and over. Yes, the death and the rebirth over and over and over again. Um, that is, I. At least in my current experience, uh, I think I'm a little bit behind you in my, per- my personal experience when it comes to um, understanding that true embodiment and really getting into uh, that psychedelic piece and understanding myself in those um, Eastern medicine ways is new and up and coming for me. Um, but the death and the rebirth process, you still go through that. It's just not nearly as painful or excuse me, you don't suffer through it. One of the quotes I like to use is pain is inevitable. Suffering is an option. Micro action will get you macro results, right? So uh, pain is going to be there. That rebirth process is going to be painful every single time. How you approach it and how you navigate it only can get better and better and better each time. And hopefully you don't take 10 steps back, right? And and oftentimes when we have like a a parent loss or, you know, heaven forbid a child loss or a job loss or some sort of drastic negative transition that shakes our safety and shakes our core um, foundation, it can create an upset in that pain being a little bit stronger and maybe suffering and falling back to old ways. Um, so speak to that piece for yourself. How do you help yourself go through the rebirth process without necessarily, uh, suffering through it?
1: Yes. And I will just start by saying I have created a lot of suffering in my life. So if anyone listening feels the same way, know that you're not alone. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a common thing, um, until we know that there is another way. Mm -hmm. And so the foundation of this, and I know that you will totally agree is learning how to create safety Mm -hmm. for ourselves
0: within yourself, not in your environment.
1: Exactly. Within ourselves. And most of us weren't taught how to do this because Mm -hmm. bless our parents, they didn't know how to do it and they did their best. And a felt sense of safety is by far like the best gift we could ever give ourselves. It is the the kind of inner work with the highest ROI because us feeling safe and in an embodied way within ourselves affects every single area of our life, every breath we take, every moment we're alive, that is the underpinning for our entire existence.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So now that everyone knows how important it is, I look at this in a few ways. There's, uh, an energetic way. And then there's a sort of very simple way to think about this, which is, do I have my own back right now? Do I really feel like I have my own back? Can I, do I know what my needs are? Do I know what my boundaries are? Do I know what my preferences and desires are? And to what extent do I feel like I can communicate those things Mm. now That's an easy way to think about it. But what's underneath that is how we show up in relationship with ourselves, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because truth be told, this is no one else's responsibility. And until we learn how to take self-responsibility, we typically make it other people's responsibility to quote unquote, make us feel safe or happy or whatever it is.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And the thing I like to say here is, um, I work with this idea in terms of polarity, masculine and feminine energy, and Mm -hmm. just a a crash course in this. This is gender agnostic. Masculine and feminine doesn't have really much anything to do with gender identification as it does. These are two energies that flow freely through us all.
0: And to break it down even more, it's testosterone versus estrogen. We all have it in our body. And it's not even versus it's, this is a chemical and this is a chemical and you have certain level and I have certain level and. We navigate that energy based on our levels differently.
1: Yes, beautiful. So, when I think of masculine energy, while a lot of people have the impression that it's the goer, doer, achiever, and those things can be true, testosterone really does drive action.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: The sort of spiritual context to masculine energy is unwavering presence and devotion. And so, How unwaveringly present can we be with ourselves and Mm. what is? And when I say that, I mean, how can we be present with ourselves no matter what arises Mm. without trying to fix, change, adjust, shame, or avoid it? Mm. So if I have anger arising inside of me or jealousy arising inside of me, can I observe myself and just see what's there. I'm not trying to do anything about it. I'm just being present and witnessing. Mm. And can I be in devotion to myself in whatever arises? That, That part of the equation, that masculine unwavering presence and devotion starts to create the bedrock of safety. Because now I know that when something comes up, I'm not trying to look for a solution, which implies that something's wrong or that there's a problem that needs to be solved. It's a very um, subtle psychological manipulation that we plan ourselves often is like, oh, I've got to fix it. I've got to fix it. Well, what if there's nothing wrong?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Would we feel safer expanding into ourselves and expressing if we didn't always have something to fix? Mm-hmm. So that's the masculine. And the feminine is with whatever arises, can I be open hearted and unconditionally accepting? Doesn't mean I have to like it doesn't mean I'm going to continue acting or behaving in that way, but can I just open my heart to what's here? Because there's probably a reason that it's here, whether it's jealousy, anger, sadness, joy, pleasure, bliss, something generated this. And Mm. we don't always have to know why, but can I just be in acceptance and open heartedness with this? And that combination together creates a deep embodied safety for us that lets us know with ourselves, we can be ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The way you'd wanna feel welcomed by a friend and feel like you can be yourself around your friends or around your partner, we've gotta create that rapport and that safety with ourselves. And that's the foundation of like phenomenal relating mm-hmm. with ourselves, with others. Like We've gotta get that N equals one right if we want to get all of the other relationships, right. And I say, right, you know, kind of figuratively. You're but right. We, yeah. Like if we are <laughs> a version
0: of, right. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. If we, if we really want to create desirable outcomes, we've got to get it right with ourselves right. and then everything else flows from there.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and a sort of metaphor to go back to, you know, the foundation. One of the ways that I think about awareness is your house just burned down, and now you're building it back up. And if you if your house burnt down, and you now can build your house of your dreams, would you build the same house you had before? Probably not, right? right. So being able to accept, okay, my house is burned down. I'm very aware of a lot of the things that went down with that burn that, you know, that losing of that home and what that home entailed and the colors and the rooms and what the bathrooms, whatever it is. And then you're building it back up. Um, The key piece to building it back up is not to have the mentality of if this changes, then I'll be happy. If my colors are different, then I'll be happy. No, it's the colors are going to be different. And that's what I want to be happy. Um, it's same, same client I referred to earlier. We're just having this conversation around, you know, it's important that the client's a divorced dad and he talks about how, um, you know, she's doing this and she's doing that. And she's not saying it to me but she's saying it on Facebook and she's not expressing herself. Right. And, but she's doing it on Facebook and what she's saying there is not necessarily what she's saying here. And it was kind of this disconnect for him. And if she did that and she said it to me, I'd be so happy. Okay. Well, let's reframe that. Like, what is it about her saying it to you? That would make you feel so happy. Okay. Well, what do you mean? Well, you're focusing on her behaviors versus on what will actually make you happy. And it Mm. took a little bit of questioning and it was like a caught off guard and he got to a place where he was like, oh, you're right. Okay. You know, I crave expression from my partner. It's really nice to see you expressing yourself. I would love to hear those words from your mouth. Like I asked you the other day and then I saw the post later on and I was like, what you said to me and, and how you expressed it on Facebook were different. And I'd love to hear how you're expressing on Facebook. Um, And so really being, getting it basically in that example, getting, like you said, that clarity around what it is that you crave and not what that person's behavior is or is not meeting your standards um, or what you're desiring. Oh, this has been like we have touched. I was just like going back to my notes, like we have touched on so many areas. I, I'm. This has been like a really packed full uh, conversation, and so um, I feel I loved it, and I'm super nerdy about it because there's a lot of really juicy pieces in here. So if if there's anything that you would like to leave specifically to this conversation. And then we were, we're going to segue a little bit with um, the the listeners. What is it that you would like them to take away from what we've already talked about?
2: Hmm.
1: This is something I really, I really wish I had believed when my partner told me this so many times, which is there's nothing to fix about you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you're not broken. You are Totally lovable, exactly as you are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, he has said that to me so many times, and there were so many times where it just did not gel. Mm. And when I really get what that feels like now in my body, it is the most relaxed, rested sense of presence and contentment mm. that I could ever imagine, and that I hope for everyone. So I, I know that whoever this is meant to land with, it will.
0: Yeah. So juicy. I felt that in my heart when you were saying it. And mm-hmm. I know exactly that transition when you go from not feeling lovable to knowing that you are loved. It, it's just such a, dra- it's such a, not drastic, but powerful transition in the human spirit and, and body. Uh, so tell us, tell us how your experience has transitioned From personal into professional.
1: Yes. So I came from uh, an education background. I was a teacher and then was in the corporate world and in the corporate education sector. And, you know, that was what I thought my hopes and dreams were going to be made of was having a corner office, being a CEO, being a badass red power suit wearing (laughs) New York City woman, (laughs) And that's still very much a part of my heart. I, mm-hmm. I love that part of me. And as I made my way through the corporate world, I could feel that there was, there was nothing there for me. Mm-hmm. There was no true fulfillment. So while I was in that work, I went back to school to become a coach and got two coaching certifications, and very synchronistically, also found myself. Um, during that time in a in an apprenticeship that was wildly intensive for two years, um, mm. all based on Tantra, Tantric philosophy, Ooh. Tantric practices. I'm like, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah.
0: So even more juicy, I'm like, I could talk to you all day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about this on my podcast. Yes, for sure. Um, so as I was, I had this corporate identity back here and then I had this world of coaching. And I saw how much transformation was available through this modality. And then how much people really struggled and needed support when it came to sexuality, relating intimacy, love, and relationship. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I, at that moment, I thought I've got to put these two together. This is exactly where I needed so much support on my journey. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
1: know that everyone else walking around is just like me Mm -hmm. pretty much. And so why not combine the two? And as I started coaching in the world of intimacy, so much opened up in my life for Mm. me personally. And it's become a beautiful exchange with my clients of, you know, I support them and I learn about myself through them. So there's Mm. this reciprocal infinite exchange. And, you know, in my very biased opinion, I think this is like some of the most important work that exists on the face of the earth. So true.
0: And it's not included <laughs> in therapeutic settings, which is like yes, the I ethical understand. code says no. And I totally get why insurances and and um, lawsuits and all that other stuff, but it is so it's such a fine line and it's so inclusive and inclusive and important to be able to have that reciprocal relationship, because if we are not able to teach them in our work with them, they don't learn it in other areas. We teach them how to do themselves, but if they're trying to build that relationship with somebody else who doesn't have the same skills, they don't get that reciprocal relationship. They're giving even more than what they were giving before, because now they have the skills to try to help. And it's just so counterproductive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, this, this work is at the core of our humanity. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing, there's really nothing else. Like accounting doesn't matter if we don't know how to human. Yes. Like, you know, I'm just listing some examples. Accounting is important, everyone. Accounting of is Of course. Important.
0: Yes. And I think of Wally. The movie Wally, yeah, where the two yeah. people fall out of the chair and then they're playing yeah. in the te- bath that they've never, or the the pool. And they're like, wow, they're so surprised about their world. I think of us, uh, those of us who have gained some sort of awareness of the deeper meanings in life, when we kind of knock somebody else off their chair and it's like knocking somebody else, like, look at the cool pool over there. You know, I always think attribute the journey to, to seeing Wally and the evolution of humanity from. Wally's experience. Yeah. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so speak more to what you do for work or how you help your clients.
1: Yes. So I would say, you know, the core of the work is helping my clients really, really feel what a deep sense of safety feels like in their Mm -hmm. bodies like in their everyday existence. And I I refer to myself as an intimacy coach Mm -hmm. and those words are mere approximations for what the work actually entails. And what I always strive to provide for my clients is a space where they can be unapologetically themselves. And the places that we go through conversation and through embodiment practices are places that feel... Exciting when we're talking about creating relationships with others, and places that feel scary because we're accessing our innermost emotions that we may not have felt before or felt so deeply. Uh, we're talking about everything from communication to how we're showing up in romantic partnership to what it means to actually feel our emotions and what that opens up for us in our bodies to how to create a deep sense of presence so we can show up in relationship the way that we really desire to. So everything in the work is all around intimacy. And my belief here is that that has to start in relationship with ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We, we cannot hope to create it with someone quote unquote outside of us if mm-hmm. we're not creating it here. And so mm-hmm. there's always a deep focus on relationship to self and then a focus on how we're creating romantic partnership outside of that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, and uh, even further in, not just in romantic relationships, but in parent-child relationship, parent, ad, adult child in parent relationship, um, sibling relationship, friend relationship, right? Coworker relationship. There's all these different variations and levels of intimacy that uh, we show up and how we accept people showing up for the way they are, or if we're setting boundaries with who we want to have showing up for us, right? That all of that juicy work. So there was something else that you were saying. And I just every time you start talking, I'm like, I'm going to actively listen and then let go of what I was going to say. Um where can people find you?
1: Yes, absolutely. So Instagram is the best social media platform to connect with me on. I'm at Lee Noto underscore. And then you can also check out my website, leenoto.com
0: love it i'm so excited to continue this conversation with you and i sincerely appreciate your trust and vulnerability that you have shared with us today
1: thank you so much it was a pleasure
0: you're very welcome this episode is brought to you by safety in freedom are you struggling to find safety in the freedom you create or maybe you're struggling to own your power embrace who you are and break free from those toxic patterns well let's help you solve this problem today Let's figure out what is really happening in your relationships with yourself and others. You can do that for free today at safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. That is safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. In addition, if you are looking for support with what we've been talking about in today's episode, I want to encourage you to get our free tools to help you navigate your freedom. You can go now to safetyinfreedom.com to get those resources. If you'd like access to the special resources and all the show notes for the special episode, make sure to visit theintimacytruths.com.